Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. The number of unhoused individuals in Texas is on the rise, but why? Plus, will we see a boom in TV and movie productions around Texas? And it's time you met the Galveston Ghost Wolf. Hey, Houston newsletter editor Brooke Lewis joins me to start the week by recapping some important stories. It's Tuesday, January 16th, 2024. I'm Raheel Ramzanli, and here's what Houston's talking about. Hey, Brooke, welcome back. New year. You're finally on with us. We managed to work out our schedules and the superstar newsletter editor slash writer for Hey Houston is on with us. Hi, Brooke. Hey, how's it going? I'm so excited to be back and chatting with you. I know. Same here. Are you staying warm? I mean, this weather is nuts. I mean, the freezing, it's cold out there. I don't like this at all. I know. I already hate January, which we'll talk about later, but it's just making me hate it even more, honestly. Yeah. Like ever since last week when they started predicting this cold front that's coming in, it wasn't it wasn't bad the last part of last week or it was like in the 70s, but I just started feeling cold. Yeah. Just in anticipation of this. <laughs> I know. And what's so funny, I think we're similar in the fact that I'd much rather be sweating hot than cold. Like give me a hundred and five degree weather. I'm fine with it. I mean, yep. last summer was pretty brutal, but still it's I would much rather have hot days than cold days. I am with you. I am with you. And it's just one of the weird things about me, though. I hate this cold weather. But as I've talked about on the January guide, I love cryo chambers. I love ice baths. So it makes no, <laughs> no sense. I know. Like I can tolerate the cold for three minutes. But if you just put that nasty weather outside and it's gray and the precipitation, I, I'm good. Hard pass for me. Yes, same, same. We're on the same page. Okay, good. Well, for those of you who are listening and want to warm up to some good stories here, we got you covered. So let's start off with our biggest story. What do you have for us, Brooke? So this is something kind of opposite of the cold that we're talking about. But um, I was reading that the chances of wildfires happening between January and May this year actually down because of the rainy month that we had in December and because of just the future predictions of it being above normal precipitation um, across the state. And last year we had nearly 7,000 wildfires, which is pretty crazy. And I also don't think people realize that between January and May, that's when the majority of our large high impact wildfires happen in Texas. So it is pretty, I think, comforting to know that the chances of wildfires happening during this time are down. But we still don't know what what's to come for the summer. So I guess keep our fingers crossed because that's when we have a lot of droughts across the state. Yeah. And that's the big thing, right? Like if we have a summer like last year uh, where we didn't have much rain and we were going weeks and weeks without 
any kind of break from that heat, that's when those fires pick up. And as you mentioned, 7,000 wildfires last year. I think the most memorable one that I remember in the last like 15 years was the one in Bastrop around 2012 or 2011, yes, roughly. Yeah. Remember that one? I and totally you can remember. still see the impacts from that one. And that was brutal. Yeah, it's crazy because I remember that so vividly because I was going, I was in college in Austin around that time. So I would always drive past, you know, Bastrop and I would see the damage. And I, I just remember like the trees there were never the same after that fire. So it's just crazy how how much damage they can do. Yeah. And I don't think people understand just how much land is out there, right? Like when you hear mm -hmm. 7,000 wildfires in Texas, you go, what? That sounds like a really high number, but there's just so much land out there. West Texas, Central Texas, there's so many trees there. It, it's just a number that's so big that's hard to understand sometimes. Yeah. And this dormant wildfire season that I'm talking about between January and May, it in history shows that nearly all of the 30 largest wildfires in Texas have happened during that time, which I wouldn't even know. I would think it would be the summer when it's the hottest, but this time period is when we have some of the worst wildfires. So I think it's comforting to know that we may not see that, but just who knows, Texas weather is so unpredictable. Yeah, so unpredictable. And we'll see what happens. Give me more rain. Give me more yeah. rain right now. Let's <laughs> soak up all the water we can and uh, prevent any kind of fires. So yes. that's good to hear that. It looks like it's going to be a little bit better. Yes. Keeping our fingers crossed. Okay, I want to move to my story. Of course, it's cold out there. And when this happens, we always start thinking about the unhoused community. Well, the new numbers are out regarding how many of our fellow Texans are unhoused. And I will be using homelessness in this story because that is what the report uses. So I just want to throw that out there for anybody that's listening. So homelessness in Texas is on the rise and back to pre-pandemic levels wow. due to rising costs for homes. Federal data showed that homelessness in Texas grew by 12% in 2023. And that equals more than 27,000 Texans who did not have a permanent roof over their heads. So what happens here is you've got volunteers and advocates who hit the street one night in January to conduct the point in time count. And this annual estimate will give us a good understanding of what's happening. So when they did this survey, about 43% of that 27,000, which is roughly 11,700 people lived on the streets. Now rent is higher since the pandemic. And another layer to this book is that there are no more COVID era funds to help mm. out with that rent. So that is also compounding the issue. Now, this is crazy. And it's just heartbreaking to hear that many Texans are unhoused right now. Yeah, it's really sad. I'm not surprised just based on rising rent prices. And I just think even driving around, I, I feel like I encounter so many more people who are unhoused um, just on, you know, just as you're at a stoplight. And it does really make you sad because you just want Houston to be an affordable place for everyone to live and, mm -hmm. and thrive. But I think that it's becoming more expensive to live here. And also everything that everybody went through during COVID just, it makes a lot of sense, but it's, it's really sad. So there is some good news in this report in that last year, the region's population 
of people experiencing unsheltered and chronic homelessness fell by 17.3% to only 3.7%. So that's good. But here's the issue. Again, it goes back to those federal funds. Now those no longer exist. So we'll see what happens to that number in the future. And if you want to learn more about how the city of Houston is helping the unhoused community, I've linked our interview with the Coalition for the Homeless And you have to listen to it to understand why Houston is leading the nation when it comes to helping the unhoused community. Brooke, let's get to some rapid fire stories. I'm so excited to hear your thoughts on this one particularly because I know you love movies. I know you love TV. (laughs) So last year, state lawmakers passed a huge $200 million incentive budget to bring more movies and TV show productions here to Texas. Now, some estimates are saying that this $200 million investment could bring in over a billion dollars in productions. So that could really benefit the state. I want to keep it here locally to Houston. Which show or movie do you want to see produced in Houston from this awesome incentive? Oh, man, that's such a hard question because, you know, I'm a huge TV person. Uh, I mean, I would love to see and this has been floated before, I think, by the actor who's in the show Insecure with Issa Rae. He's from Houston, Nathan. But I would love to see a Houston version of Insecure because that show was so popular. It followed a group of 20-somethings that lived in California. And I could definitely see a Houston show following a group of young people in Houston, people of color. This show was definitely a predominantly Black cast, but I could see it being a more diverse cast about Houston, what it's like there, but then just like the ups and downs of just growing up. So I would love to see an insecure version, um, but in Houston. That would be cool. I want to see, obviously, season two of Mo. Right? Yes. I, I don't know if they're already filming it or not, so I'm not sure. I'm sure they are working on it. Season two of Mo would be great. That was shot here uh, around the Houston area, which was fun. Here's a wild card, okay? This will make no sense to anybody, <laughs> but follow me, Okay. <laughs> Obviously, the show Atlanta is filmed in Atlanta with Donald Glover. It's a a wonderful show. It is so creative. He also shot Swarm, which is a show based on the Beehive with Beyonce. And I don't know if it was shot in Houston or parts of it were, but since he has some experience, and I love Donald Glover, he's one of my favorites uh, all time, whether music, acting, production, can we get Atlanta rebooted to Houston and just call it H-Town? Oh, I would that. I mean, that's already a winner there. We need to just yeah. hopefully he's listening right now, like just sign it because I would love to see that. I loved Atlanta. I that you're reminding me that I need to finish the last season because I never finished it. Mm-hmm. But I love that show. So I could definitely see it being as popular. That's I think there just needs to be more TV about Houston because Mo yeah. was I mean, it, it already shined a light, but there can be other TV shows, even a similar show I've been watching is The Bear that's getting a lot of yes. um, attention. I think there could definitely be a show about Houston's restaurant scene and what's, what that's like, because I know that our restaurant scene is probably just as crazy as The Bear. So it would be cool. I'm telling you, why can't we get a critically acclaimed chef to move back to the city of Houston to take over his mom and pop Tex-Mex restaurant? <laughs> exactly. Right? Come on, and let's pro- get it. It's probably already happened. It's probably yeah. it's probably happening right now as we speak. 
So that's really cool to hear that there is this incentive out there. Hopefully we see more productions because that might mean more uh, work for us. We could do uh, some walk-on acting. Why not? You know, we can be background yeah. actors. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, second story. And I actually got this from Hey Houston. You put this story in the newsletter last week. And I love this because Galveston might have a new mascot, <laughs> the ghost wolf. <laughs> This wolf is a crossbreed between the red wolf, which at one point was declared extinct, and a coyote. Now, there's about 50 of these ghost wolves living on the island. So, one, is that the coolest name ever? And two, what would you do if you saw a ghost wolf? I don't even know. I just think Galvis <laughs> needs to le lean into this because yes. it's already, I mean, Galveston's already kind of a quirky place and just the go the ghost wolf the fact that it's even being seen in Galveston right now of all places not Houston just speaks for Galveston in itself and its quirkiness so they need to lean into it I personally don't know what I would do if I saw a ghost wolf probably run because I just anything with a coyote and wolf mixture just gives me the the creeps so I think I just wouldn't stick around long enough to to really encounter it Brooke hear me out here okay <laughs> Is it time we start a minor league baseball team and name them the Galveston Ghost Wolves? It kind of rolls off your tongue, doesn't it? Yeah. It kind of just, it, it's really smooth. <laughs> it, that's, that's really weird that it's that smooth, but it, it is pretty smooth. The alliteration is there, okay? <laughs> now we just got to make some money off of the Ghost Wolf. That is so cool of a story that this Red Wolf DNA is back, right? Because of the Ghost Wolf. So that's something we'll watch out for as well. Okay, Brooke, you got to tell me about this new wine bar that you are so hyped on. It's called the Library Wine Bar. Explain this to me, please. Yes, it's just, it has all of my favorite things. So there's a new spot in Spring Branch where you can read a book, get a glass of wine, and just hang out. And how cool does that sound for people who love books and for people who love wine? It just opened last year and it's already just getting a lot of attention, I think, because there really isn't a spot like this in Houston. When you go there, you can look through nearly 2000 books about wine so you can learn more about wine. And they also have a lot of vintage wines. So you'll find older library wines dating back to the 1960s. And the couple that owns the place, Jason, is actually a veteran in the wine industry. And he first fell in wine while living in New Orleans, which I mean, what a great place to mm. fall in love with uh, this beverage. And he and his wife have lived in Spring Branch since 2012. And they live really close to the the restaurant. So I think they just wanted to bring something new to their neighborhood. And I just think it's a great, sounds like a great place to relax and kick off the the year. I, I want to check it out for sure. Yeah, for sure. That sounds so unique and so much fun. And I know you're going to be there. So that's pretty cool. Yes. If you want to find the Hey Houston editor, you can find her at this <laughs> library wine bar in Spring Branch. Brooke, is it okay if I start off the gripes? Because I have something that is bothering me so much. I just want to get it off my chest and get your thoughts. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. All right. So we are back in the market for a car. And look, car dealerships have always been very, I hate to say it, scammy and high pressure. And I know they're fixing that perception and reputation right now. But man, it is so bad. So they're trying to fix it by putting like the online price. Like this is the price. We're, look, we're upfront with our pricing. And you're like, cool. All right, this actually is great. Then when you hit up a dealership, you're like, okay, give me the final bill of sale. Like how much is my car going to be? 
And then you see thousands of useless fees uh, added to your car for no reason, <sighs> like beyond the tax title and license. Okay. There's just like random dealership fees. It's always been the case, but it seems like it's gotten so bad. And I know there are federal movements right now to get rid of scam fees and all that. Can we please reform the car dealership industry? Because these fees are unbelievable. Second part of this, if you have an enemy and you want to get back at them, here's what you do. Subscribe them to a list online for a car. So if you're hunting for a car, you got to submit your information And for the next six years, you will be getting calls from car dealerships about a car. So go ahead and do that as well. Your (laughs) phone will never stop ringing. So that's my second piece of gripe here. It is so frustrating. I just want to buy a car, move on, and that's it. I don't want to be on the list. I don't want to get hit with scam fees. Can we just move on? Give me my car and let's go. Oh, man. It's already such a stressful process, but it sounds like it's 10 times more stressful in the current times. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in the market for a car soon, but you're making me want to hold off on that. So I'm like, let me just milk my car for a while and get a new car. Maybe <laughs> after all these fees and scams die down. Yeah, it, it. I thought it would be a buyer's market right now, and it kind of is. Cars are still kind of priced high um, because the interest rates are so high, right? So I thought like car dealerships would be like, please come buy a car from us. We need the business right now because interest rates are so high. No, it's still the same. It, it, good luck. Like it is so frustrating dealing with them sometimes. And I get it. People need to make money. I'm not against that. Make your money on the markup. Stop making it up on these scammy fees, Okay. I don't 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 add this like pro care package that I don't want for 900 bucks. Stop it. <laughs> Just give me the car. Okay. I'm done. <laughs> Look, Raheel gave everybody a way to get back at their enemy. So if anything from that from that gripe, you now have a perfect way to get yeah. back at somebody. <laughs> All right. What do you got? Any gripes that you want to get off your chest? Okay. So I hinted to this earlier. It's just it's just January. I am out of any month in the year, it always just is the one that I can't get into. I can't get into the January vibe. I can't get into the cold weather. The holidays are over. So it's already like a blah month. You don't really have any big plans in January. I will say it's my dad's birthday. So that that's one thing, but he loves it for that reason. But for me, I'm like, there's nothing really fun to look forward to yeah. like big and Houston until the rodeo. And so we have a while before that. And so it just feels like it's a slog day after day. So to all my January haters, I hope you can relate. Hey, I'm going to throw February in there too, okay? Mm, like That's true. My wedding anniversary is in February <laughs> no. and I love that day. It's great. But from your right, there is nothing to look forward to. No. That's where it falls off, right? Like once a rodeo starts, then you can start. You've got spring break. You've got festivals around the town yes. where we're coming back to life, which is great. But yeah, all the next like six to eight weeks, it's going to be hard. <laughs> yeah, we just got to make it through one day at a time. Yeah, there is one good thing about right now. So we will get about 30 minutes of daylight back Ooh. from now until the end of the month. And it, of course, we'll get you know longer and longer mm-hmm. as we get closer to that March uh, date. But yeah, that is something that I saw. I was like, oh, cool. So we are, you know, it's getting a little bit better. So it's not as sad out there at night. (laughs) I've been noticing that because I'm someone who likes to take a walk at in the evening and I'm always trying to like make it before the sun sets. And I was rushing the other day and I was like, wait, it's still kind of light out. So like there's some hope. We don't, it's not getting dark right at five. (laughs) 
anymore. <laughs> I love it. We're going to get there, Brooke. We will survive. Thank you so much. That was a lot of fun to get Tuesday going and start the week off. Have a great week. Yes, you too. That was Brooke Lewis. Make sure you subscribe to Hey Houston with the info in our show notes or go to houston.citycast.fm. And if you're already subscribed, send it to five friends so they can also become Houston experts. That will do it for today. Thank you for listening and I hope you learned something new.